0: Join me right now on Kumite TV is the Aftershock featherweight champion, Aaron Blackie. What's going on, Aaron?
1: What's going on? I'm working hard, getting ready for eternal MMA in two and a half weeks.
0: How does it feel to have that champion status?
1: Yeah, look, it's good. It was a rough first year back. You know, had both wins and losses that year. Um, but to finish on that, on that you know, um, title win was, was excellent. And, you know, great, great starting point to, to head into this year.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that year, last year, 2018. It was a roller coaster year for you after taking off a lot of time. You fought five times, which is incredible. What did you learn most throughout that year?
1: I think, um, like you say, it was a roller coaster. And I think that, you know, sort of now I feel like we've sort of stayed out. We're back to fighting. There was a lot of questions, you know, training with my knees, which which had been a problem. Um, it was difficult to know, you know, how hard can I go, making sure I don't re injure them. And, and it was three years that I was that I was out for with them, and you know that, that was terrible. So trying to sort out your training camps and your volume and your intensity and all that sort of thing, um, you know what was difficult. Whereas now it's like we've sort of gone, yep, check, we can do this, we can do this. The body's held up, we got five fights. Well, now we can really um, let it go. As well as being back in there, you know, fighting. Nothing replaces fighting, and it wasn't just. Fighting that I missed out on the threes was competing. Growing up, I competed every couple of weeks, judo, jiu jitsu, all the time, competition, competition. Then, yeah, you know, it takes a bit of getting used to that, you know, competitive side again. So I think, yeah, you know, the best way is to get in there and do it, and I've done that, and um, I've showed that I come back from from a loss and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, more confident than ever ever going into this year.
0: Yeah, I want to go back to that. Uh, fight after shock 30 you know you had a rematch with Medina Jesse Medina for the featherweight yep. title you know your opponent yep. missed weight but you took the fight anyways of course you're ready to go you were stopped in the third round could you break down what went wrong in that fight
1: yeah I gassed. I gassed like I didn't even believe I could gas never gassed like that in, in my life um, and just had you know absolutely hit the wall and I had nothing. Couldn't, couldn't. Um, you know, sort of when I got out of the stall to go into the third round, I was sort of going, "Come on, it's got to kick back in at at, at some point." Um, and, and it just didn't. It was, you know, I was I was out for probably another thirty minutes before I sort of could start moving again. Um, properly after that. And and like I say, that's that's an experience thing. It was, um, you know, it was on the back of two weeks, big weight cuts. I I'm cutting, you know, a lot of weight. I don't know that's something to do with it. I definitely went for the kill at the end of the second round. I think I almost finished end of the first. End of the second, I had had his back and was going for a naked choke. And oh, that's how I beat him the first time. And I sort of thought, if I squeeze hard enough or long enough, he'll um, give it to me. But hats off to him, he stayed very cool, calm, collected, composed, and weathered weathered that storm. And um, yeah, gassed out. So lesson learned the hard way, but lesson learned. And yeah, we're back at it.
0: Yeah, um, I see that he's also fighting for eternal, so I'm pretty sure uh, a third fight is probably down the road sometime, you know, you probably want to get that back, right?
1: Yeah, look, I, like, I believe in, you know, you don't know what really happened in these conversations, but I believe he was offered the fight again for, for the title, the chance to make weight, and he, he actually turned it down, which, you know, it, it, in fairness to him, it... it Whatever. Like, I, I did bash in the first round, and I completely dominated the second round. If I didn't gas out, you know, which I did, and that's, you know, no excuses there. But I think he, he said, yeah, I'm happy to do a rematch, but I want some more time. So if it happens, it happens, but otherwise, I'm moving forward. So if he can, you know, get some wins on the board and that, and, and put himself in place, good. We'll fight again. Otherwise, whatever. am on to the next one.
0: Definitely. You did move on to the next one two months later after Shock 31, you choked yep. out Joshua Riley in the first round, got that title. Did that finish come easier than you expected?
1: Um, yeah, well, definitely. You know, you, you never expect that. You know, it's it's going to be done in less than you know a couple of minutes or whatever. I think it was a minute thirty or something. But um, it's yeah, you know, I, I do have supreme confidence in my grappling, and none of my fights have I have I come close to being outgrappled in any grappling exchange. Um, I think if I can get my hands on him, I can take him to the mat. It's you know, the, the, I'm a specialist and uh, I've got a good skill set there that I've spent a lot of time developing and have, you know, supreme confidence in. So, for me, you know, th- that is the game plan and he, he's a wrestler, you know, I think he, he went back to his strengths and he actually shot in at me and, yeah, it was, you know, maybe not the best tactical decision from, from his, you know, point of view.
0: That was in November. What have you been up to since that time?
1: Uh, had an awesome trip over to Japan for, for Ryzen with um, my teammate Damian Brown on that card, which was an awesome experience. And growing up watching Pride and that sort of thing, so that was that was unreal. But otherwise, a, a lot of work with you know what we're always doing: training with Steve Compton, and Dan Higgins, um, grappling, striking, and, and, and just really, you know, working on um, you know lots of shoot boxing stuff. And because like I said, it, it, there was a long time where you know there, there was a long time. Quite honestly, I did no stand up, I did no wrestling. And that was because I couldn't, because of my body. So we're really sort of, and I think now that, that I, I've got some momentum, a lot of it's coming back, the old patterns, because I had spent a lot of time, you know, you know doing that stuff in the past and, and it just, you know, get the cobwebs off and get the confidence to go, no, that's right, I, I can do these things. And I do have the timing and the skill, you know, already there. So it's bringing bring it back and, of course, adding to it. You know, I feel like I'm better than ever with, with my, my hands and, Closing the distance and and all those kind of things so really just yeah, keep on developing and developing um, Whenever we can
0: Yeah, let's go back to that trip to Japan, you know New Year's Eve You go there with your friend teammate Damien Brown. He gets there. He finishes Darren Kirkshank huge win for him You know Saitama Super arena tens of thousands of fans you walk out you see that ring you see the people How does that feel?
1: Yeah put me in <laughs> you know that's that's dream stuff i remember just sitting backstage with him we could see through the curtain you can see the lights coming down on the ring and it was like like i said the first mma stuff i ever saw was, was old school pride and um just to be in that atmosphere i spent a lot of time training in japan growing up with with my judo background um so you know that was just such a surreal experience and you know that that great show, and Floyd Mayweather is the main event. You know how good's that? The biggest name in combat sports, getting to see him strut around. And, you know, like I just love observing all that sort of thing and seeing. You know, his psychological approach because it's so unique and obviously very effective. And cool to you know see how he how he does it.
0: It must be you know great to be going around seeing all these superstars. You know, in the in combat sports, it kind of prepares you for the future. Maybe you might step out there and you know, compete in Ryzen.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, that's something that I'm I'm certainly open to, um, without a doubt, and I am very, very fortunate that, you know, my my teammates and that have really taken me along for for the ride, uh, you know, through the the UFC fights and all that sort of thing. You know, I was always offered places in in, in the corner and able to come out, and yeah, like you say, it's great to be able to see it and come to terms with that. and also to recognise, you know, the, the level, because there is, when I started, you know, UFC, there's hardly any Aussies in it, that sort of thing, and you sort of can get a bit caught up in, like, you know, what's the level here and that. But when you're training day in and day out with guys that have tested themselves, proved themselves on that level, then you know, you know, we, we're A, doing the right thing, and B, we, we know the level, and we know what we can do. So, yeah, like you say, it's a massive confidence booster, um, having those experiences
0: Bro's Jiu-Jitsu. Did you just start that gym, or has it been going for a while?
1: Uh, Jim's been around for a while. So that, my, my roommate, Stuart Nickel, he's he's sort of, um, his coach fab. Um, sort of, you know, a bit busy with work and that sort of thing, and sort of passed it on, on to him. And um, he's, he's a black belt to himself. He actually won the absolute grappling industries black belt division the other day. 61 kilos. So he took out one of the best black belt Aussies you know, in the final extraordinary grappler he's, he's had one mma fight um, a pro fight on acb and so, well, straight in there and yeah so we're doing our thing at Broz. i run the mma classes there um twice a week and i go there and train with with obviously stewie my brother trains and his brother and a, a few of our teammates are there so that's just um down the street we just walk over there and yeah got a great thing going there and he obviously is part of that crew that and he goes and trains with dan and steve and, and all us boys as well so yeah
0: yeah, it seems like you are building an incredible crew out there at Team Compton and Higgins. Talk about, you know, the people in your, you know, small group of uh, fighters and the training that you guys have been getting in.
1: Yep, yep. Well, we've got, you know, like I say, Dan Higgins and Steve Compton, they go back, you know, forever. And, and both themselves have, you know, really, if you look at Australia, they are, are, are legends in, in, you know, their own right. And the, the you know, um, fighters that, that they've coached and, and trained. Um their skill sets really complement each other and, you know, all, all of us students really get along and, you know, enjoy training with each other. And we've sort of got this this protein crew where we've got, you know, Elliot Compton, who's 1FC, and Ben and Damien, who, you know, UFC to find rising now. Uh, you know, Stuart Nichol, Matt Seaton, really, really high-level kickboxers and grapplers. And everyone just works together and everybody, you know, has respect for each other's skill sets, which I think is really important. And then you can really iron out the kinks because it's very different trying, you know, me trying to close distance on an elite level kickboxer is very different to, you know, I'm never going to fight a striker the level of Elliot Compton in MMA because it, it doesn't exist. Um. So they they can find different holes and things that you just never even know about. You know they find these gaps, these spaces, and and vice versa. You know for for those guys they get to you know play around with okay how do I keep distance or stop the shots or defend the shots or work the get ups. You know all those sorts of things. It, it really uh, complements each other. So great environment, great crew, and like I say, very fortunate to have those coaches that are there with small groups giving that that immediate feedback, which I think is something that. Is you know, super hard to come by. So, very fortunate there and, and definitely feel very lucky for it.
0: Now you have your first fight of the year scheduled at Eternal MMA 42. Diego Pereira. You know, he's a guy, an up-and-coming guy, a dangerous
1: guy. What are your thoughts of him as an opponent? Yeah, I, I think it's a great fight. Uh, there's definitely been, been talks about this fight happening for for a long time. So, I'm, I'm you know, very, very glad that it's, it's going ahead. Um... I think, you know, he, he's, he's got a bit of power, uh, a bit unorthodox, throws some, some weird chops to that. But I think at the core of it, he is a grappler. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of his wins, he's sort of patient, stays on the feet, but gets a takedown or two on each round and, you know, tries to control them there. Um, so I, I think in, in that regard, we, we match up nicely. I think as long as I can play it safe and, and time, you know, my, my – um, my grappling thing is right around his striking and you know, I avoid because he is he does throw some sporadic shots and he is dangerous And that, so you know, you can get caught out, I think. People sometimes get caught out and you know, try trying, trying to rush him or something like that. But I think if you're patient it's it's a good match. Um, and he's another one. We've we've competed against each other before in the past and I've got the better of him, so confidence to me, but it's been a long time, so very, very good to um to run it again and, and see how we go.
0: Yeah, I believe that this fight has a lot of I think it has title implications to it. Because the level that both of you guys are at and the excitement that it brings to the division, you bringing that grappling, is it? are you going to go in there? Are you going to take his neck? Is he going to knock you out? It's like it, it builds it up so much. It, do you feel more hyped about the fight because of that?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, look, it's a, I'm a martial artist and I'm doing this to test myself and to test my skill. I always train and, you know, you, you got to apply it against skilled opponents. Otherwise, there's no point and you don't get anything from it. So... There's no point fighting guys who can't bring out your best. That's um, you know, if, if you're aiming for the top, then you have got to get in there and, and, and take you know all, all the fights that you can take against you know the, the best opponents that, that you can get. Um, so yeah, it, it's a great opportunity for me to go in there and, and again test out what I've been working on, do those things, and, and see how we go. And then again, win, lose, draw, whatever. We go back and we go, what do we do well? What can we improve on? And, Keep working at it. That's, you know, the only
0: way forward. Last year, you came, you you know, you had a, you know, uh, a trying year. This year, going into your first fight, is the mental approach different or is it, is it the same?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, just much calmer. You know, it's, it's you there was a lot because I had sacrificed so much training, and I was doing so in, in my fighting career. And I've done martial arts since I was a little kid, and then you know, starting to fight professionally was, was such an awesome thing for me when I when I was 22 or however old I was when I started, and to have that sort of short you know, I, I wasn't meant to be able to get back to training at all, at all, let alone fighting, you know, professionally. Like, so there's a lot tied up in that. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, like in just dealing with once I was back, you know, it's a big thing. Like there's things you don't even foresee, like you're back and then you're like, all oh, right, so now I'm back. And it's like, oh, nothing's really changed. And, you know, like psychologically there's a lot of stuff like that. And, you know, I, I definitely struggled with that last year. And I feel like I've, I've managed to, to overcome that thanks to, you know, the people around me and just time, you know, time helps with those things and experiences and going through it all. And, and now it's like, well, it's just, the normal thing now. I'm, I'm a professional fighter, and I fight. And this is my next fight. So, train hard, go in there, do my thing.
0: I know you're focused on Pereira, but after you, after this fight, you know what does two, 2019 hold for you?
1: Yeah, I, I want to establish myself without a doubt as the top featherweight in Australia. So, I, I want to get into the UFC, and I think that's that's the way to go about it. And you know, I think it, it's a curse to not be tested uh, before you get there, because once you get there, you're, you're on the chopping board, you know, you need to perform, you need to do well, and you want to, because you're up against, you know, the highest level of competition, and it's, it is a dangerous sport, you don't want to take unnecessary damage, so, like I say, every fight is, is, is priceless learning, I think after Diego, we definitely, like the, you know, w- without any disrespect or anything, I don't know who the title holder is for, eternal and featherweight, and I believe he's been injured for, for quite a while, um, and, and hasn't fought for quite a while. So I, I sort of feel that whatever, if he's not ready to fight, then the belt needs to, to be put up and, and let someone else go for it, and then he can fight for it when he's, when he's back or whatever. I don't know, but that's certainly where I'm standing. If it's eternal, I'll fight for the belt. Um, and otherwise, whoever's out there and, and thinks of the top guy, let's, let's fight. So that's my goal. And once I've done that, I go, tick, yep, the top Aussie, now I want to go into the UFC. So just step, 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 step. And I think that's the next um, step for me.
0: You know, I, I'm pretty sure you watch the UFC. You see a lot of guys get signed and they make their debuts. Do you see that a lot? Do you see guys that are not tested, and then they go to the UFC and just become completely dominated?
1: Yeah, look, like you, you, you definitely see. I mean, you also see a lot of guys who go in there and and just somehow shine without ever, you know, go, going through those wins or losses. But I think if, if you're moved, the record and just looked at skill development it's it's you you can't get um nothing can replace like being hit really hard and being shocked and being you know put in bad positions and and fighting for you know full ground fights whatever you just can't get that experience, which if you move through it and you come back and you improve and, you know, you perform good, then it instills a new sense of confidence in you. And I don't think there's any way around it, which is part of the beautiful thing about, you know, a sport like combat sports and, that, and why, you know, I think athletes really should get a lot of respect because it, it takes, I think, it takes something to, to be able to do that. A lot of people do really well. They take one last thing. Ah, no, that's not for me. And the bat the ball thing. But um the more experience you can have... Then you know you dial out those things with you know your mentality, your diet, all that sort of stuff coming in. Um, you know it, it, it's always a learning experience. You always take away from it and, and and improve. So the most fights you can have, I think it's it's hard to argue that that's apart from damage, not not the best way to, to go about it.
0: All right. Well, everything starts March 23rd, Eternal MMA 42, Coleman Event Status, Southport, Queensland, Australia. Aaron, thank you for your time. It's always good to talk to you and good luck on your fight. Thanks, brother.
1: Get you soon.